0: Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine.
1: God, whether each one of us knows it or not, we have come we've come here for a reason this morning. My sense is that each one of us has come seeking you. Seeking your glory, seeking your wisdom, seeking your truth. So we do truly pray that prayer. Fire, fall down. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We need to hear from you. We need to feel you somehow. We thank you Jesus for your presence with us. We open ourselves to you. We have faith and trust in you. And we ask that we that we are able to receive what you have to offer us today. Speak to us through your word, we pray. In the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Going to continue with that story from Acts chapter 2. I'll start with the 15th verse, but I'm going to kind of skip around to do a summary of the rest of the story. Peter said, These men are not drunk, as you suppose, because it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, Peter continues, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross." But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of that fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let all of Israel, and that means us, the church, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are all far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now... When they were all gathered in that one place, Scripture says it sounded kind of like a violent, mighty rushing wind. And it looked like tongues of fire. You see, Luke, the author of this story, wasn't able to put it into human words because the Holy Spirit really isn't logical. It's nothing that we can comprehend but it was like this violent noise of rushing wind. And it was like these, these flames burst forth. Because it was an energized power that came upon them. But the neat thing that just it gives me truly what I call Holy Spirit chills, chill bumps, is the fact that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, They each heard the truth of Jesus Christ in their own language. That means to me that the Holy Spirit is God's personal gift for each one of us. And Denise, I I know you were praying according to the Spirit's lead because she prayed that each one of us would hear something or feel something, that God would speak to each one of us personally. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. If we just relax in it, I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit, you know, used to or some of you may have grown up with it being called the Holy Ghost and you didn't know what to do with it. and You got scared and you you got all freaked out because you were a bit afraid of what might happen if you relax and let the Holy Spirit deal with you. I'm going to encourage you to relax In that God loves you beyond measure. God is a good, good father. And if we truly relax into the plan that God has for us, then we are going to be able to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And we are going to be vessels in and through which the Holy Spirit can flow. Now, I want to give you a bit of teaching because sometimes we don't spend much time Studying about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is all about the gift of the presence of God within us. So that we can see clearly who Jesus is. We are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. That is our identity. That is our Christ righteousness. And the Holy Spirit points us back. To keep our eyes on Jesus the Christ. To follow him. To be trusting and faith filled to follow his lead, his guidance, and to be obedient. So let me give you five things. For some of you, this may be just old stuff, just a review. But I pray that God will reveal something, something new for you today. The first thing, the Holy Spirit is just basically God's personal presence within us. It is the holy, it is the divine within us, and the Holy Spirit enables us to live a life the way God created us to live, as his sons and daughters, as the people of God. The Holy Spirit is is God's presence, it's the power, it is the peace, it is the, let's see what else I wrote down, the comfort and the truth that we have. In Romans 5 5, you might want to jot that down. Romans 5 5, it says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift of God poured into our hearts. I have this image of, of it being that oil, that balm that melts our hardened hearts, that, that permeates every bit of our hearts. So as we are continuing to be transformed into the likeness and image of Christ, it is, our hearts are being molded and shaped according to his likeness. Second one, the Holy Spirit draws us into deeper communion with Christ and with one another scripture tells us romans 8:16 romans 8:16 that the holy spirit testifies with our spirit that means that that jesus through his holy spirit speaks deep within us into the deepest places of our hearts and speaks to us Reminding us that we are the sons and the daughters of God. That means that the Holy Spirit is speaking and reminding us to claim our identity, whose we are. We are Christ righteousness. That is our identity through the blood that was shed on the cross for us. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. We are supposed to continue to be more and more like him. And as we respond to him, the Holy Spirit works within us to to sanctify us. That's, That's the sanctifying grace of God. Sanctify means to purify, to cleanse us, to transform us. God doesn't want us to be complacent or stagnant. God wants us to continue to mature in him, to continue to grow, to continue to move forward in relationship. And we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit breaks down barriers between people. I believe truly that the Holy Spirit is the spirit that unifies us. Unifies us within this body of Christ, the church, and the church universal. The next one, the Holy Spirit transforms us from the inside out. We have to be willing. You know, once we make that commitment to Jesus Christ, when we give our hearts to Jesus and say, I believe in you, I believe that you died for the forgiveness of my sins so that I might have life everlasting. When we make that commitment, it's called the point of conversion, then the Holy Spirit is alive and active within us. And I believe this is a this is a sore generalization, but I don't believe that we are tapping into the power and the authority that is, is given to us. We have so much power and so much authority through that Holy Spirit. It's not something that we have to come up with on our own. Think about the disciples. Think about all of these people, Pentecost, when they were gathered in this one room together. When the Holy Spirit descended upon those early believers, they were frightened. They had to be very confused. They weren't sure what was going on. But as they continued to open up to the Holy Spirit's presence and power, they became very grounded in their faith. They became, I believe, secure and more than likely the leaders that were leading others into the kingdom Of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit. As I said before. Helps us focus on Jesus. It helps us develop. The fruits of the spirit. Remember I've been saying this for a few weeks now. That it isn't our doing. That the fruits of the spirit. Become a part of who we are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You know all of those down here. We can't just drum them up on our own. But when we choose to say, I want to be a willing vessel, Jesus. Maybe I should just put these away. Is that what God's telling me? When we, when we open ourselves up to be a willing vessel, an obedient, faithful, trusting vessel, then those fruits come forward. It's not that I get up one morning and say, okay, I'm going to love better, more today. It's that I humble myself, I surrender to Jesus Christ, and I say, I want to be more like you. Help me to live a life following your example. Do you hear the difference? It's a humility, it's a surrendering, it's an opening to what God wants to do in and through each one of us. And when we get ourselves out of the way, when we remove our agenda, that's when the Holy Spirit really begins to work. And that's when the fruits of the Spirit are so apparent. When we allow the Holy Spirit to work, we may experience a boldness that we haven't had before or a courage to step out of our comfort zone. When, you know, I believe that the Holy Spirit allows us to recognize the voice of Jesus, our great shepherd. Some people hear an audible voice. I don't hear a voice. I never have, but I've heard a knowing. Does, uh, that's I know that's a contradiction, but it's a knowing. It's a I I am in tune with what it feels like inside, what it feels like in my heart when Jesus is speaking to me. And sometimes it's, it's telling me stuff that I don't want to do, like go serve somebody or go say something to somebody or do an act of kindness that I really, if I had my druthers, wouldn't do it on my own. So perhaps you are being called, you are being nudged, you are being pushed by the Holy Spirit to say something nice to that clerk in the store when he or she's having a bad day. Or do some kind of service or speak about your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to fully proclaim that you are a Christian, to live live a life that proclaims the gospel. So more than likely, the Holy Spirit is is encouraging you and me to be bold and to be courageous, to stand firm in our faith. Sometimes when we really tap into that power and authority of the Holy Spirit, we experience a freedom. Even when the world is in chaos around us, even when there are temptations and distractions and and the enemy is making things really, really difficult, we may have that grounded peace and the comfort and the assurance that Jesus is with us. And that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you experience the, the Holy Spirit in freedom in worship, that you realize that, you know what, sometimes you just feel like you need to, to go down to your knees and humble yourself. Or sometimes you feel like you need to raise your hands. Or sometimes you feel like you can't sit still and you need to come up here and kneel down. Those are all responses to the Holy Spirit working within you. Alright, let me go on to the next one. The Holy Spirit directs our lives and our actions. God's grace works through the Holy Spirit in that the Holy Spirit acts in our lives and helps us accomplish those things that we can't accomplish on our own. Perhaps it is discerning or making decisions. You are, are needing to make a decision at school or at work, and you're just not sure And the Holy Spirit is one that makes it clear to you, that helps you discern. Or perhaps you're trying to discern what is truth. Is this personal truth? Is this just my voice talking? Is it my idea, my agenda, or is it God's agenda? The Holy Spirit helps us make that decision. Or perhaps you're trying to discern whether this is good or whether this is evil. The Holy Spirit helps with that. Helps with decision-making. One of the best gifts of the Holy Spirit is that it helps us to pray. Scripture says that when we can't come up with the words, when we don't even know how to pray, the Holy Spirit groans for us. The Holy Spirit knows us so deeply and personally and intimately. That's that connection that we have with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Helps us to, to see and feel and experience Jesus. And finally, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses. You see, when we choose to live a spirit-filled life, we get completely away from the I and the me and the mine. And we begin to see and want to desire to to live our lives in an other-focused, other-centered way. The Holy Spirit helps us to respond to Jesus, to continue to choose to do things that are following uh, his example for us. The Holy Spirit gives us a stronger awareness of the needs of others. Sometimes when we are truly tapped into that energy of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, we may become burdened because we are so aware of the needs of other people. The Holy Spirit is... One that gives us a desire to engage in those that are suffering. Those that are are really going through chaos and turmoil. Those who are in despair. I tell you what, we can't do without the power of the Holy Spirit. And I firmly believe that God is calling us as the body of Christ to tap into the power that we have available to us to unify us, to strengthen us, to give us this, the, the boldness and the courage, but also the peace-filled freedom to do what God is calling us to do, to be the people that God created us to be. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says this, Ephesians 1:13 and 14, Having believed in Jesus Christ... You were marked in him with a seal. The seal is the promised Holy Spirit guaranteeing your inheritance. Our inheritance is that we are children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. And the Holy Spirit is a seal, a mark saying, you're one of mine. I want to claim that fully. I hope that you will claim it fully as well. The the Holy Spirit empowers us. And my prayer for you and for me is that we will tap into that power. That we will continue to be, live our life, not a fan of Jesus, but a follower of Jesus. And when we are a follower of Jesus, we're going to do some difficult things. But we are never alone. We are empowered through the Holy Spirit within us. Let it be so.